Welcome to Attune, an audio narrative anthology brought to you by the Yale Daily News. In order to stay in tune with others, we bring you compelling narratives about the everyday and the extraordinary, stories of human interaction and relationships. In this series, you'll hear student-produced short stories, plays, and poetry, as well as voice talent and original soundtracks by both Yale students and alumni. Whether you're listening on a drive or in quarantine, while making dinner or taking a walk, by yourself or with friends, we hope this collection of stories brings you a little closer together. Today you'll be listening to two audio dramas. The first is titled In the Cards. It was written by Kara O'Rourke, co-directed by Savea Zahariva and Cassandra Schall, and voiced by Michaela Jill Murphy and Leah Eggleston. Original music was composed by Bobby Cronin. For those who would like to follow along as they listen, there is a link to both plays in the episode's description. What are you most afraid of? Over a game of poker, two girls discuss existentialist phobias and discover more about themselves and each other than intended. Thanks for meeting me here. Yeah, no problem. What's going on? I don't know. I've been feeling a little down lately, so company would be nice. We can just talk. Hang out? Sure thing. Let me sit down. I brought cards if you want to play. Sweet. And I brought a book I've been reading. It's a dictionary of phobias. Neat. You know Five Stud, right? Let's play. Do you have any phobias? <laughs> I don't know. Here are your cards. How about... algophobia? Fear of pain. Not to an extreme. No more than usual, I guess. Acmophobia, fear of sharp objects. Agyrophobia, crossing streets. These are dumb. I'm not afraid of those, just reasonably cautious. Come on, your turn. Aquaphobia, fear of water. No. You want to play psychologist? Here's a phobia for you. I'm afraid of memory loss. Like Alzheimer's? Yeah. Or just in general. So, like we are what we know, right? We are what we experience? <laughs> yeah. So if I can't remember what I've experienced, is it like I never experienced it? Or do I no longer know who I am? <laughs> Who's being the psychologist now? I'm being philosophical. There's a difference. You cut me off earlier. Alethophobia. Fear of the truth. No, that's literally the opposite of what I'm saying. I'm afraid of forgetting the truth. Don't you have a word for that? Hang on. Like my childhood. I'm shaped by my experiences as a kid. Because my mom shared her obsession for gardening with me, I like the color green. I'm a tree hugger, you know? Yeah, but your childhood experiences actually shape your brain, whether or not you remember it. 
So in that case, I would have no explanation for being who I am. I would be a conscience disconnected from the body. But we forget little things every day. What did you have for lunch a week ago? I was pretty sick last week, actually. Probably very little. But you don't remember, for sure. No. That's not what I mean! Damn it! You wanted to talk. I do. Thank you. What about autophobia? Isolation? So we forget little things every day. That's a fact of life. But forgetting things we took for granted? Forgetting part of our identity? Forgetting something dear to us? Like forgetting someone's name. Yeah, that. Or my own name. It's like losing the thing itself, but never getting the chance to grieve. Becoming nameless. Or childless. Or untraveled. And what if someone forgot about you? What if everyone forgot about you? Aphasagoraphobia. Ugh, don't tell me. Fear of being forgotten. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around to witness it, does it even matter? <laughs> What's that supposed to be a metaphor for? Um, it's a metaphor for, does anything we do in life matter if no one remembers it? Doesn't it matter in the moment you do it? Isn't that the point of life, making meaning in the present? Even if you were completely alone, wouldn't you want to live a little longer? Like, doomed to be alone forever? Hmm. I'd want to keep experiencing things, I guess. Appreciate the beauty of nature. I'd be the next Thoreau, find my own little Walden Pond. <laughs> you know he only stayed in the woods for two years, right? And his mom did his laundry. Why do you have to be so depressing? What if you were restricted, somehow, in what you could experience? Like you were in an enclosed room? Yeah, or if, like, you were in a box. Would you still want to live? Well, Shakespeare wrote, A life in a box is better than no life at all, I'd expect, but... I'm not sure I agree. I'd want to get out, I guess. Or die trying. Hmm. Why are you being so... weird? All I want to play is freaking poker, and you keep pounding me with these creepy phobias and, and existentialist theories. Uh, oh, it's me. What do you mean, is it you? You think I'm coming up with these unprompted? I'm just trying to figure out why you're here. What the hell do you mean, why I'm here? <sighs> Damn you. About the box. Ever heard of a safety coffin? Here we go again. <laughs> no, really. It's actually pretty cool. During, like, the cholera epidemics, they'd add windows or little bells on strings to coffins. So, if someone were accidentally buried alive, someone would know to rescue them. You're so morbid. You're right. That is pretty cool, though. <laughs> Typical you. Typical me? Stop repeating me! Christ, you know, you've always been just interested in... 
dark. Interested in what? I don't know. You don't know. You're creeping me out. What do you know about me? I don't know. Everything's fuzzy because you're confusing me and you know I wasn't feeling good to begin with. You don't remember me. No, it's it's not that. What's my name? Stop it. Abby, what's my name? Stop it. Leave me alone. But you are alone. Who the hell are you? Go away! What was that? Don't worry about it. I'm sorry I scared you. Don't touch me. Are you okay? I... I feel so lost. I understand. Hey, you said you were really sick last week, right? Maybe it's just that. I feel so disconnected from things right now, like my head's in the wrong place. Do you wanna... Let's just keep playing cards, okay? Forget about the memory stuff. But I can't. I keep thinking. I keep thinking and thinking and thinking! Are your cards ready? Yeah. Um, three of a kind. But what if... What if when we die, our brains don't die? We just stop receiving sensory input. Then all we have of life is our memories. And slowly they would start to fade. What if that's where I am right now? It's why I can't remember you, or what happened yesterday, or, or where Stop, I was. Stop! You're upsetting yourself. And we would be trying to hold on to what were the sensations of light, and color, and sound, and touch, and they slowly slip away over the decades and centuries, and all we have are ungrounded thoughts? Thoughts like, there used to be more than this. I need to get back. Back where? I'm trapped. I'm trapped. I'm trapped. Something's wrong. You have to help me. Please help me. Taphophobia. The fear of being buried alive. Wait, where'd you go? Oh my god, I'm alone. I have a straight. Six. I'm not crazy. I know my own daughter. Four. She's not dead. There was something wrong with her. She was not dead when you took her away. Three. Mom? She's in the earth. Please open it up. Open it up. Two. The second and final play in this episode is titled High Spirits. It was written and directed by Cassandra Schell. In it, you'll hear the voices of Sidney Bryan and Hubert Pock, as well as music from Blue Dot Sessions. In this drama, a steely reporter named Jenny interviews Trevor, the founder of a party planning company called High Spirits.
hello. We make your special day as special as it can be. What do you want your life gala to look like? Do you imagine fairy lights in an outdoors woodsy space? Or perhaps an extravagant costume bonanza a la the dance party in Hocus Pocus? If you can dream it, we can do it. High Spirits is your go-to, high-end, fancy event planning headquarters, located in Diamond Bar Plaza. Our walk-in hours are 9am to 5pm every day. Swing by to check out our prototypes of sample party favors we provide in our packages. A variety of bowler hats, zany flowers, high-tech keychains, and more. Our planners are available by phone from 7am to 10pm every day, including weekends. Call us at 444-477-4748 today for your free consultations. Welcome to High Spirits. This is Trevor. How can I... Oh, hi, Gemma. Yes, your DJ is confirmed. DJ Snakebox. Yes. He'll be playing exactly 23 songs as requested. Do you care about the order? No. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I can make sure there's a thematic flow. Okay, so just to be clear, you don't want the brownie bits? You'd rather have the lemon squares instead? And how about the strawberry shortcake? Still keeping that? Hold on one sec. Hi! Ma'am, our walk-in consultation hours are over for the day. We only take calls past 5pm. It's listed on our website. Here's our business card to make an appointment in advance. Wait, no. I'm a journalist, and- Got it. Got it. Not a problem at all. Yes, we got the pink and silver tassels. <laughs> oh, you are too kind. Our job is to impress. I can promise you that this is going to be marvelous. Excuse me, I'm a journalist from the Golden Sun. One moment, sweetie. I think I'm going to have to call you back. My sincerest apologies. You're from the Golden Sun? Yes, I'm Jenny Pine. You must be Trevor. There must be some sort of mistake. I, I just spoke with someone from the Sun last Thursday. Yes, you spoke with my colleague Samantha Fisher, right? Well, she had some follow-up questions, but she's quite sick at the moment, and the story needs to run by Sunday, so I'm covering for her. Oh, okay. Um, can we reschedule to this Friday afternoon? Or maybe even Saturday night? I have a ton of work to do, and... I'll only need 20 minutes. Interesting party favors you have here. Are these Wack-A-Pack balloons? Yes. Wow, a handheld Pac-Man. Really bring me back to my childhood here. Is that an R2-D2 keychain? Please stop touching my stuff. They're prototypes for upcoming galas. Okay, okay. I'm just going to take a few pics if that's okay. Uh, just so you know, uh, your colleague Samantha took quite a few already. Well, we can always use more. Do I know you? Would I know your work? Maybe. Can I start recording? Sure. Let's start with the basics. Why did you found High Spirits? I'm pretty sure I went through this with your colleague. I'm looking for a certain angle. I founded High Spirits in honor of my father, who always knew how to have a good time. He was a big believer in celebrations, so High Spirits offers every client full control over their gala, down to the tiniest detail. And you don't see any ethical issues that might be involved? Death is all about ethics, isn't it? Of course. What I meant was ethical issues with your gala planning. I'm sorry. 
I don't really see how this has to do with the profile. Samantha said this piece was going to be... I'm trying to get a fuller picture of you and why you thought High Spirit was a good idea. You seem to be implying it's not a good idea. I find it fascinating that you don't find any moral qualms with your work. Well, High Spirit certainly has our fair share of naysayers. Some people think our galas are a bit too extravagant. Some people think that our client's socioeconomic range implies that our services exclude a certain bracket. But because we build every gala from the ground up, we can serve anyone from any background. It's fully customizable, only limited by budget and imagination. You can quote me on that. What are you writing? He speaks in euphemisms? Excuse me, these are my private notes. What beat did you say you cover again? Editorials. Wait a second. Were you the one who did the write-up on that local video app thing? What's the app name? POV, founded by some Woodrow alum couple? The Crinzies. You tore their business down. No, people stopped downloading it because they saw the truth in my review. The Woodrow PTA was the one who banned their kids from downloading it. The Crinzies are an honest, hard-working couple following their tech dreams and passions. <laughs> Please! Teenagers were using that app to shoot point-of-view videos from perspectives they should not have been taking on, complete with blackface filters. All I did was expose what was going on in the app. So is that what you intend on doing to high spirits? Ruin us? Expose us for the world to see? I'm just here for the story. Okay, then let me ask you. What do you think of high spirits? I'm supposed to be asking the questions. Are you religious? Oh, definitely not. I know Eastboro Church is protesting your galas because you celebrate queer clients, but trust me, that's not why I'm here. Oh. My God. What? Tintin. Your keychain on your backpack. So? Tintin enthusiast. That's what your bio said. We matched on Tinder, and your bio said something about go-karts? Wait, what? Oh my god. This was like, what, October? We were gonna go go-karting. Wait, is this interrogation because I ghosted you? Are you trying to get back at me? Ghosted? You must be mistaken. I don't get ghosted. I'm usually the ghoster. Right. I didn't show up. How did Chase lead that night? Like, literally chase him? It was a story on a fishing port that was so not a fishing port at all. Um, I was on hard crimes back then. So... You ghosted me. You also ghosted me. What were you doing? I... Uh, was... Probably... Working. You chose to work instead of go-karting with me? You ditched go-karting for a fishing port. I was investigating a crime. You know, it's a good thing you didn't put high spirits in your bio, otherwise I definitely would have swiped left. I'm sorry. I don't think you should be the one to write this profile. Your editor should know that you clearly have a personal grudge against me and high spirits. This has nothing to do with Tinder. 
then what's your angle? High spirits is a shameless money grab and you know it. Okay, we're in the business of... You take advantage of customers in fragile states. Shouldn't you, a woke journalist, be a little more forward-looking, progressive? Don't throw those terms at me. Why should we stick to the ideas of the old? These galas are our new modernity. <laughs> modernity. Jesus Christ, I hope this isn't our future. All we're doing is adding a little cheer, a little flamboyance, into a dark and dreary world. One gala at a time. You prey on the weak. Come on! What's wrong with a little high-end party planning? Our galas- Stop! Stop calling them galas, okay? You're not planning parties, you're planning funerals! But wouldn't you want the opportunity to plan your own funeral? A Star Wars casket? Fireworks? Streamers and confetti? An eight-course meal for attendees? Please put that back. What's next? Inviting Ariana Grande to headline? <laughs> a client did ask for that, but we thought Ari has been through so much emotional toil. We went for Camila Cabello instead, to be more tactful. Tactful? More like tacky. Oh, so... I take it you don't want a hundred pink Cadillacs trailing behind your sunflower-infused casket down the middle of Sunset Boulevard. So you admit that it's a bit much. But you see, these people are a bit much. Shouldn't they have a funeral that reflects who they are? Wouldn't it make them happy to know that everyone is laughing instead of crying because Chrissy Teigen gave them a posthumous roasting? That happened? It's in the works. It's morbid. You're encouraging an unhealthy obsession with death. Your primary clientele seems to be young people who have the longest to live, and already they're planning their funerals in their prime years. But wouldn't you like to be properly remembered in a way that was fun, different, beautiful? Fun, different, beautiful. And just to confirm, that's what you think death should be? No, I... Look... I think you've outstayed your welcome. I've given you and your colleague more than enough information to do a profile on me. Stop. Give that back. And let me just warn you. If you try to tear down my business or misquote me, I will sue you for libel and trespassing. Stop touching my things. Really? R2-D2 keychains to be handed out at a funeral? They're called galas. Holy shit. A hologram? Yeah, it's a state-of-the-art technology from a manufacturer in Japan. That's... That's a hologram of Grayson. My brother. Wait, what? Where? How did you get this picture? You're Grayson's sister? You guys do not look alike. You've met him in person? He's walked in here a few times. I thought he only called in once or twice. When does he come in? On the weekends? He told me he was with his nerdy bandmates. Oh my god, I'm gonna kill him. But he has stage 4 cancer, so... He's gonna die anyway, right? What the fuck is wrong with you? What? We're all gonna die. Why not just accept it and take advantage of a service like High Spirits? My issue is that your business model depends on clients who are obsessive, meticulous type A's like my stupid brother who want every detail to be in their purview. So now they spend their time thinking about how they want to go, rather than how they want to live! Why is that so bad? Look. 
I read Samantha's interview with you. I know about how you and your father became estranged, partly because he thought you weren't man enough, and that your last fight was over your pink LV loafers. And when he died in that car crash, you didn't have a single clue what he wanted for his funeral. And that's why you created all of this. And I get it. I get why you do what you do. But that doesn't make this any less wrong. He's a good kid, isn't he? That's right. He's an 18-year-old kid who shouldn't be thinking so much about his funeral. I really don't see what's wrong with that. I don't need him, or anyone else for that matter, to take this funeral planning load off of me. It's not a burden, okay? I'm not like you and your father. I'm sorry that happened. I'm sorry you didn't know what your father would have wanted. But I know Grayson well enough to plan his funeral, which hopefully will never happen. You ever stop to think about that this isn't about you? That maybe it brings him comfort to know how he's going to go? You think you're some sort of saint offering my brother comfort? Now that's psychologically sick and twisted. Fine, Jenny. You want a real story? You want to know the real story behind High Spirits? It wasn't for my father. It was for me. Hey, off the record. Fine. You ever been ice skating, Jenny? On a lake? No. No walls on a lake. So? When I was 12, my father taught me the basics of ice skating. When I was holding on to him, I could ice skate perfectly. I did it so perfectly that he let go of me in the middle of a goddamn lake. Nothing but inertia propelling you on and on. No wall to hit. No hand to hold on to. That must be what hell feels like, huh? Knowing it's not a matter of if, but when you're gonna plummet. All I remember is hearing a crack. The next thing I know, I was underwater. My body in shock from the cold. The, the ice above my head looked like a ceiling blocking my path to air. It was so dark. I thought I was going to die. And then? My father eventually pulled me out. I suffered a winter of hypothermia, but I was fine. I never really stopped thinking about it again, but all things considered, I was fine. Really? We all have our little traumas to carry for life, don't we? I don't want to sink below a surface ever again and be trapped there forever. So I decided, when I die, I don't want to be buried. I want to be cremated and scattered in a forest far away. I don't need anything fancy like this. I just need to know that my body is not going to be six feet underground all alone. And that knowledge? I don't know. It sounds silly, but it helps me sleep a little easier at night. So I'm telling you, Jenny. I founded High Spirits for me. For the dying. I know this business is selfish. I know. And maybe Grayson's being a little selfish, spending so much time thinking about some sort of Jedi afterlife. But hey, 
Don't you think he's entitled to be a little selfish? He thinks he's going to be a Jedi ghost, doesn't he? That kid has one hell of an imagination. Who says he's wrong? You're joking. I'm not. Come on, this kid believes in the Force. So? I'm sorry, but there's no afterlife or afterworld or what have you. It's just darkness. Not a the opposite of existence. You're wrong. So what then? We become ghosts that haunt the living. No. I don't think we'll be trapped here. I think when we die, our souls will float up and out of here. Okay. Out to where? I don't know. To a place where anything and everything is possible. To feel really, truly alive. Isn't that life? Anything is possible. No, it, it isn't. In this life, you wake up, you go to work, you work hard, you go home, you sleep, you wake up, and you start all over again. Well, that's depressing. But when we go out, out of this life, anything will be possible. Anything. Out. Out there. You're very optimistic. That's why your brother and I get along. You know, we live in the same house, but no matter how hard I try, there's like, like some sort of wall between us. He used to be able to talk to me about anything. Now it's like talking with a zombie. Well, what do you talk about? I don't know, like normal stuff. Like, is he going to the football game, and what he wants to do to celebrate graduation, and does he want to watch Avatar with me Saturday night? He'll dutifully answer my questions with one word, but it's like he's already gone. Maybe it's because all you want to talk about is the future. That's not true. People who are close to death don't have the strength to entertain an unrealistic future. It is realistic. Not to him. High spirits, what we do here, that's what he thinks is realistic and compassionate for your parents and you. He talks about me? Yep. He says things like, you're kind and you have a big heart, which is why I was expecting someone nicer. Hey! Now that I think about it, he did mention you have a short fuse and that you're a bit of a downer which is accurate. <laughs> he loves you a lot, you know. He says he's proud to be your little brother and wishes you would stop worrying so much. Bullshit. Yeah, okay. I made that part up. Maybe not in those precise words, but I know it's true. Did he say anything else about me? He said... That working on the obit with you would probably be very difficult, but... I'm sorry, what? The obituary. Aren't you guys... Ah. I see. He hasn't asked. What do you mean? He wants to work on his obituary with you. No. He says you're an excellent writer and 
I'd agree. I don't want to do it. I don't know how to write it. He said you'd be able to find the words. Did he say that? Or did he, you just make that up too? Can't you see he wants you to be a part of his life? By writing his obituary with him? You can tell him no. Tell him yourself, Jenny. Go home and look him in the eye and tell him, No, I'm not going to help you write your obituary because I'm selfish and don't want to think about death and confront the fact that we are all going to die one day. And I don't care what you want because all I think about is me. Oh, now I'm selfish. What are you now, his grief counselor? Excuse me, I run a business. You don't know, Grayson. Just because you've talked to my brother once or twice doesn't mean... 27. What? I've talked to him 27 times. Nine phone calls and 18 walk-ins. Holy shit. So you think you know him as well as his sister? You're right. I don't. I don't know the person you described to me just now. Like what, you said... A zombie? A lifeless, one-word answer shell of a human? That's not the Grayson I know. Because when he comes in here, his eyes are bright. The Grayson I know talks non-stop. <laughs> he bounces around the room like he drank a million Red Bulls or something, and he gets so excited every time he's in here, planning something different like, <laughs> I don't know, his Jedi burial outfit or whatever. You know, I thought I was a Star Wars fan, but... Man, this kid has schooled me over and over again. I told him it's going to be tricky getting him a Millennium Falcon casket with his or your family's budget, but we're getting there. The point is, this kid comes alive when he's in here. Can't you let him have a little bit of that? Wait, how's he affording all of this? What? Your consultations. He can afford the down payment out of pocket, yes, but certainly not that and 27 of your consultations. I've seen your rates. Why do you let him come in here so often? I want to help him. Help him? This goes beyond help. You're losing money. You're talking to him for free. He's a waste of your time. <laughs> it's very entertaining to hear his Jedi conspiracy theories. Bullshit. You get some sort of morbid thrill talking to him? Is this how you get off? Oh my god, are you a pedo? Jesus, no! Jenny! This, this is a story, Trevor. This is exactly what I'm looking for, and I could sue you for preying on a minor. What are you talking about? You know what? I've got more than a story here, so I'm gonna write it, publish it on the front page of the Golden Sun, and let the angry Woodrow parents come after you instead. So you better lawyer up, because there's an avalanche of lawsuits coming your way. Leave my brother alone, otherwise I'm seriously going to call the cops on you and launch a full federal investigation. I'm dying, Jenny. Like you said, we're all dying. No. I mean, I got a diagnosis two years ago. Stage four colon cancer. When do you... Who knows? Five years? Two years? Or next month? That would be a shame. I'd miss out on the gala where Nickelback's performing. That's not funny. Your brother would laugh. I know how he feels, Jenny. He's scared. He only pretends he's not, so he doesn't worry you or your parents. He thinks he's alone. He feels like people can't accept him with his sickness. 
And it's hard to live with that terror. The fear that nobody understands you. I don't want him to be alone. I might be the only one in his life who knows what it feels like to slowly die before you're meant to go. I miss him, Trevor. I know. So what do I do? How am I supposed to be there for him? You gotta talk to him about death. No euphemisms. Face it head on. Be blunt. Don't dodge. Okay. And, uh... Maybe not tear down something he loves on the front page of the sun? There. Quite a PowerPoint hologram you guys put together. If you just spend more time at home instead of here... I'll... stop him. How? Make up some sort of policy change, tell him he can't be in here anymore without someone over 21. It'll be good for him to spend time with you instead. You'd really do that? I find your lack of faith disturbing. It, 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 it's a Darth Vader quote? I know, Trevor. I live with someone who has the entire trilogy committed to memory. You won't feel alone? I'm... used to it. And in return for my generous favor, you'll co-write his obituary. Okay. Really? It's already depressing AF that he's asking me to do this, but I'd rather we have a go at it. Together. Trevor, you know, you know you're not alone, right? I know. Thank you. For being here. For Grayson. Um, can I... Do you want to get out of here? Now? Yeah, um... Do you want to get a drink or... Or maybe like go-karting? I don't really have anything else for today. And you know for sure I won't ghost you this time. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jenny. I have a lot of work to do and... We close up at 10. Yeah, I, I totally understand. Jenny, you know that I'm a bit of a dead end, right? That doesn't mean you have to live that way. You're an interesting person, Jenny. I know. Get it, Han Solo? People say I know all the time. Doesn't make it a Han Solo reference. Hey, I think Grayson would be proud. <laughs> yeah, he would. That's calling. No. Life's calling us both. Where are you going? It's not closing time yet. Out.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Attune. It was produced by Christine Yang, Flavia Zahariva, Kadiatu Keita, and Emilia Fernandez, as well as Sydney Bryant, Sophia Lee, and Eileen Peng. I'm Kadiatu, your host for today. This episode features original music by Bobby Cronin and music from Blue Dot Sessions. It was sound engineered by Christine Yang, Sophia Lee, Kadiatu Keita, Emilia Fernandez, Flavia Zahariva, and Sydney Bryant. Our intro and outro theme is written by Sharon Ann. Special thanks to Allison Park, the podcast editor at the YDN, without whom this project would not have been possible. Special thanks also to Cassandra Shaw for directing both plays in this episode, and to the alumni guest Bobby Cronin for his wonderful musical composition, and prolific voice actor Michaela Jill Murphy for her participation and advice. Join us again next time for poems about cigarette ashes and climbing fences, and a short story about labyrinths both physical and mental. From all of us at Attune, thanks for listening and have a good day.